Views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. And welcome in to Heavy Hitters already here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. Jack Heim, as always, joined by my Philly sports loving friend, Mitchell Smedley. Hey. Oh, my. That was a new one that popped right in my head, right at the top. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with that today. Uh, but so glad to be with you. We will be here for two hours of sports talk right Count here them. on KUR. Two. Make it three hours for Mitchell Smedley as oh, he yeah. let us off with some backlash with him and Josh, too. Talking all things Philly sports, uh, as Mitch loves to do. The I mean, beloved uh, regular season 2009 <laughs> World Series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. Instead of the fall classic, they just smacked it right down yeah, in the right middle in the of the summer. season. Forget the All-Star break. We're playing the World Series in July. <laughs> that would be something, right? That would. Half a season. Second, the second half, half is just for fun. Yeah, you know, we'll just play these games. Why not? You get Why paid not? to play them. Let's just go play them anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, would that would be, be so funny. Oh, oh, my goodness. goodness. Whoa, whoa. Jinx. Two in sync. I don't like that. All right. We got a lot on the docket today. Before we get into our main topics, do have a little bit of a tidbit. Interesting college realignment here. Um, UMass sets to become Mass, a part of a conference in the 25-26 season. They are venturing to join the MAC as the 13th team in that conference, leaving only Notre Dame and UConn as 13th, the final. 13th? Really? Yep. That's a lot of teams. Yeah, One might is. have to call it the Big Mac. So... <laughs> That'd be a crazy conference name, the Big, the Big Mac. Sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> Could you? No, not even. Just like, and UMass wins the Big Mac title. Oh, my God. Dude, the slam dunk trophy, a trophy shaped like a Big Mac. Dude, that's so easy. This is why I belong in marketing, Jack. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, enough about fake conferences called Big Mac. Yes, UMass will join the Mac conference. In a whopper of a game. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. And here's quarterback Tory Baconator. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great quarterback name, and though. John Whopper with a beautiful <laughs> pancake block there to set pancake up that run play. <laughs> here's a little nugget you might not have known. <laughs> That's uh, a great way to start the show. Yes, so the, much to talk about, man. Spring correct. training's among us. Jeff. Yes, it is. We'll get into all of that coming right up here in these next couple of minutes. But UMass is joining oh, yeah. the MAC. Two independents remain in college football, those being Notre Dame and UConn. So, minor college tidbit there. I thought that was an interesting update that came out here today. But yes, Mitch. So is that just football or is that like across their athletics? Just football, yeah. It's weird. They're in the Atlantic 10 in college basketball. um, And I think the rest of their athletic programs are in the Atlantic 10 as well, if I'm correct. But yeah, it's weird. So the football football team's in one conference and the rest of it is... um, or maybe it's all of it. I don't know. It's weird. It only said for football they're becoming a non-independent, but maybe they're moving everything to the MAC as well. I don't know. We'll figure out come the 25-26 season. So there will be an independent in football for this upcoming year, and then after that they will shift to the MAC. So we'll see what it does for the rest of their athletic programs. But that is an interesting question that I do not know the answer to. It's what I do, man. I don't have the answers, but I can – damn, I can answer. I can ask some questions, you know. All right. I'm a, I'm a ponderer. <laughs> Mitchie Ponders. Mitchie Ponders. That sounds like a great show name. It's got to be like a new segment. <laughs> what is Welcome Mitchie to Ponders this week's Mitchie Ponders. <laughs> oh, man. I, dude, I think about some weird, weird stuff. 
hopefully it's FCC friendly. Like, stuff. no, it, it usually is. A, a lot of times it isn't, but it usually is. Um, but like, I don't know. Like one thing I'm, I've been I've been thinking about recently is like garbage trucks. Like, is that not crazy to anyone else? <laughs> garbage trucks, right? Like, I don't know. That just seems what? like a crazy idea. They just drive around and scoop up garbage, right? But here's my thing. Like, why don't they just? Here, here's my thing. Why do they have to like lift the can up and like hook it to the thing and all that? I think it would be mu- like you know how a garbage truck on the yeah. side has like the yeah, it has, like, the little that seems much thing, more yeah. complicated than if you had the the garbage man just take it and like dump it into like a chute on the side of the truck and then like if you wanted to like put it at the top, you could like have an elevator inside that raises the trash and dumps it in. Why do you need the extra weight of the can? I really don't know. And that makes sense to nobody else. Like, all these things, there's so many of them I could go through. But I won't waste your time. we got to get into some sports talk. Yes, we do. So where do you want to start, Matt? Spring training. Let's get right into it. I know you talked about the Phils for the first half of your show. Um, I'll let you talk about your Phils some more coming up. We'll get Um, into it. But around the league, taking a broad look first and foremost, Cody Bellinger. I was going to say, got to start with Cody. He is back with the Cubs. That's what I thought was going to happen all along. I thought it was a slam dunk fit. Totally. He had an incredible year last year with the Cubs on a one-year prove-it contract. Uh, But... I don't like this deal from the Cubs. I like it from Bellinger. Three years, eighty million for Cody Bellinger. Go back, be the a lot of money for the Cubs. But it's not the money I don't like. It's the opt outs. It's like he signed three one year contracts with opt outs after the first two years of the contract. So if he says I don't like what the team's going, I can just get on out of here um, and force my opt out and go try to play somewhere else. So well, the reason that that was interesting to me <clears throat> is because I was I've been advocating for the last week on backlash. Uh, for the Phillies to do the exact same with a Jordan Montgomery deal. I think you're going to see Jordan Montgomery sign an extremely similar deal with with some more money involved. But this is what Scott Boris seems to be angling toward, right? Is uh, He's obviously not getting the market he wants. Montgomery and Snell are still on the market. And uh, I think what you're going to see is high baseline money. Maybe it's not going to be quite what Montgomery, Snell, and, and Boris want. But they're going to have these opt-outs um, so that if these pitchers do come out and shove again, they can go out and uh, and get themselves a bigger payday after next uh, in the next off season. I, I think it's actually very reminiscent of what you're going to see with these two pitchers. Yes, I, I agree. And more AAV and more money is going to be involved with these two guys compared sure. to yep. but the opt outs. I mean, think of it for a team like the Phillies. You might just need this one year, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have one year of Wheeler. Uh, Montgomery, Nola, Suarez, and then Walker or Sanchez, depending on if you move off of the Taiwan Walker deal, which, by the way, I don't think is that atrocious. Um, you know, that's a that's a deadly rotation. You could go out and win a World Series. And then even if Montgomery does walk, you got Andrew Painter coming back next year. So uh, I think it makes all the sense in the world for a team like the Phillies. For other teams, you know, the Rangers uh, are in the mix and, and the Yankees also looking as well. Um yeah, and is there anything else you think this contract impacts for the uh, for the two pitchers? Yeah, I think you're going to see that kind of structure as well. I think that's where Bellinger's at the baseline for the remaining top three agents. Um, you know, in terms of if you look at Snell, Montgomery, it's going to be Chapman. double the money, but yeah, exactly, yeah, similar, a lot more money, length involved, and, and opt outs. Yes, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, but before we get back into our discussion about the bigger free agents still remaining on the market, we got a message from the K or Notebook Attention K community. Like public speaking, no, you're in luck. Ignite Kutztown is speaking is seeking speakers to present a five <laughs> minute speech. The topic is your choice. This can range from educational to something in pop culture you are passionate about. This event will be on Wednesday, February twenty eighth, in room one thirty five of the Rickenbach Learning Center at seven p.m. 
Please contact Cripe at Kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR back here, hour number one of Heavy Hitters. Jack, that I'm- opportunity is Cripe for the taking out there, everybody. <laughs> Look at that. Dr. Cripe, fantastic person, by the way. Definitely reach out and uh, and see what that has to offer. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up in two days. So yeah, if you have interest, Get on it! If you have interest, email like ASAP. Yeah. Uh, like instantly. Like right now. <laughs> While you listen to us. Yeah, of course. Don't go Get away. those fingers moving. <laughs> Anyways. So Snell Montgomery still out there. Anything else? Uh, well, there is one more signing that, that just uh, occurred. But anything else you're looking at uh, yet to come for, for signings or moves? Mo- I don't know why I said it like that. Or moves yet to be made. Um. So... Yeah, now that this Bellinger deal is done, I think the structure we've already talked about is going to be similar with, with these pitchers, just more money involved. Team-wise, I'm going to shift my focus to there. I Man, I think one of these two guys is going to the Angels. It's my gut feeling. Why? I don't. I think it's Snell, personally. I think he likes L.A. I think he likes the West Coast. He likes the warm weather. He's always pitched in warmer climates with Tampa than going to San Diego. He seems like a guy who doesn't like to pitch in the cold. And the Angels seem to be still very keenly involved uh, and still heavily involved in the starting pitching market. That would be such a loss, man. It, it would, but that rotation would be pretty good for the Angels if they could get a Snell type in there. You know, mix him in with the Patrick Sandoval. They still have um, – who am I forgetting off the top of my head? I have the I have this side up, so let me just pull it up now look at their rotation off the top of my head. I am having – drawing a blank. Uh, so he would be joining – yeah, he'd be badly. I wouldn't say badly, but he would be a nice, nice addition. Bump everybody down a spot. Tyler Anderson would become the five. I mean, him, Detmers, and, and, and Sandoval would be a nice little uh, top three of this Angels rotation. The lineup's still a little bit questionable, but I think that would make them Very a, much lot, questionable. a lot better than they, they are you know, in their current situation. So I think it's interesting. I think one of them goes there. I think it's Snell. I do. Yes, he still has that Yankee offer on the table, but... I don't think he's going to end up in the pinstripes. I don't. I just don't see him going there. I can't envision it. I could very much see him staying on the West Coast. On the Angels would be the team to do it. West Coast represent Blake Snell. Yes. Now put your hands up. <laughs> um, yeah, anything about Montgomery teams you're uh, eyeing up? Montgomery teams I'm eyeing up. I think Philadelphia is an interesting dark horse team. There's still, yeah. I think they're a team that you cannot mark out of this uh, out of these sweepstakes yet. I think Boston is an interesting team. A lot of personal Yeah, I've heard about that, yeah. A lot of personal connections with Montgomery. His wife is um, up in Boston right now doing a, uh, what is it called? I think she's a dermatologist, but it's called, like, you have to go through something in order to, like, fully become a licensed one? I don't know. I'm not an expert on that, but she's doing like a program thingy up in Boston uh, for dermatology. So she's there. Does that affect where Montgomery ultimately lands? Possibly. Um, The Red Sox have been seen over the past couple of days to be heavily interested. They've talked with Montgomery as recently as yesterday. The S are still waiting for his price to drop, but the Red Sox are a team to keep your eye on uh, in the Montgomery sweepstakes. Philly is a dark horse. I think the Angels as well. If they strike out on Snell, I think Montgomery could be a guy to look out for them to stay within the AL West. Um, and much like Bellinger, are the Rangers still involved? We don't really know. I mean, I think it, it was a good fit. He seemed to like pitching in Texas. Obviously, when the World Series there last year was a big part of that. Uh, we don't know how much the Rangers are still involved in that process. But they, you know, being the recent team, still could have something to monitor there. Yeah, I, I think you ran down uh, all, all of the main uh, suitors and, and everything we've heard of. So far, I'm I'm praying someone comes to Philly, man. I mean, just think of how stupid that rotation would be. 
think of it. When you think about it. And, and it would fix the problem, man. They don't have a lot of depth right no now. No depth. There's zero depth. I mean, Spencer Turnbull is your depth piece. He's your six. Yeah. So That's I a little don't scary. don't love that. You know, if a major injury happens, you know. Yeah. Obviously, don't want to see that type of stuff, but it, it's, you know, it it's true, though. Like, it does. Happens. And somehow it hasn't happened to Nola or Wheeler uh, yet, but it definitely could. It definitely could. So, um, you know, these guys aren't getting younger. And, the, you know, the older you get, the more at risk of injury you are. So, you know, I think the e- – not the Eagles. I think the Phillies are just playing too risky of a game right now. So, Yeah, I mean, look, they're rolling the dice. They're they're putting all their chips in the fact that their guys are going to be able to stay healthy for most, if not all, of the season. Yeah. Um, and you need that depth to get through and to win a World Series, man. It's absolutely time in, time in and time out. You look very recently – you know, not all the world champions have had the most star-studded rosters, but they've had quality depth to step in when things go awry. Uh, and I'm not sure that this Phillies group has that. As no, as I don't think they do. So. Uh, and apparently there was a report that um, Dombrowski said to Middleton, like, save your checkbook for the for the deadline. I don't know. I don't know if that's the approach. This team struggles with the slow starts, and it puts them out of the division race so early on in the season. I think you have to... Do all you can right now. Yeah, and you you know the thing is with free agents, you don't the only thing that you're sacrificing is the money the payroll. You don't have to lose prospects. No prospects, like, nothing of that nature. Like you're not sacrificing any young talent in your system. Exactly. And at the deadline, the price is especially high. I mean, you've seen over the last couple of years, we've had some quieter deadlines because teams who are selling are asking a lot in return for the assets that they're giving away. So I And that's don't because love of the expanded the playoffs. It puts more teams in a buying position. Exactly. So if there's less sellers, the sellers have much more leverage. Exactly, hundred percent. So hundred percent agreed. Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing. I, I'm very very questionable of the uh, of the Philly approach, and you can hear me rant and rave about it on Backlash Mondays at four, right before this show. So uh, if you missed it, yeah, that's what I've been spending the last couple of weeks talking about uh, intermittently. Frustrating, frustrating uh, mental process in Philadelphia from what we've seen so far. Anything else uh, around the league before we get into the actual spring training action, Jack? Um, Yeah, just a couple of position player notes. Matt Chapman, where do you think he's going? If you have any thoughts, um, I have a couple of teams in mind for him. Mm. And J.D. Martinez is a big power uh, presence as a DH still looms. Uh, do you have any thoughts on either of those two guys? I really haven't heard much of where they're going. Chapman, I don't know. I'm I trying have two to... good fits for him. What do you think? I got the Cubs as another option. Right now, they're st- they're starting their base in Christopher Morell. I think if the Cubs want to make a statement and say that this is our division going to be up for you know this division's up for grabs, I think if they go out and get Chapman, they're the front runners to take home the Central this year on the National League side of things. I think that would be a big time statement move uh, from the Cubs and would certainly have the fan base um, you know excited. And if they get Chapman, it could be a fun summer at Wrigley. Um, so I'm looking out for Chicago and also the San Francisco Giants. They've been lingered. I was thinking about the Giants all off season yeah. long. They haven't quite done it yet, but I think if they get Chapman, replace Wilmer Flores as a starting third base and move him into kind of more of a bench utility role, I think the Giants, not a team that you know, I, I fully love, but they could be a, a they're team a wild who's card contender. push for the wild card. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think San Fran is likely. I mean, San Fran has just been striking out on every. Attempted at, at a big signing they've made. I think they're tired of it. I expect them to to make a move. Yeah, I mean they got Solaire this offseason. They've got Jung Ho Lee, but I think Chapman would take this offseason to another level for them. But I don't know. I could see him wearing that that Cubs blue man. I really, really could. I could just see the fit. 
plug him right in that lineup. And he doesn't even have to be a prominent batter in that lineup. I mean, you can slot him in that realistically six hole and, and say, yeah. What is the Cubs lineup looking like right now? So, with the re-edition of Cody Bellinger, what they got rolling out right now, uh, again, this is according to Fangraphs, the projected starting opening I like lineup. Fangraphs. Yeah, so do I. I think it's their roster resource tool is awesome. That's what I use for... A lot of stuff for looking at preliminary, you know, because it's this early in spring training. Um, right now they have starting nine. Nico Horner at second. Dansby Swanson at short. Ian Happ out and left. He's had a really good last couple of years. I like Happ, man. I've liked Cubs. him for years. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a really good player for them. Cody Bellinger back out in center. Say Suzuki in right. Christopher Morrell over at the DH. Yeah, so that's where Chapman spot. would slide. Yep. Exactly. Michael Bush, who they just got from the Dodgers at first, was a top 50 prospect, underrated trade this offseason. Uh, Jan Gomes behind the dish. Uh, and then Nick Madrigal is that kind of you know utility infield piece, slotting into third. Speaking of trades, I believe the Dodgers just made a move. They who did, did. Who did they uh, trade away today? Trade away? Oh, um, I was more thinking about the free agent move they made, but... No, I think they, they made a trade today. I can pull up the uh, headline. I looked at it. I'm sorry I didn't remember the name. Um, I, was it to the Cubs that they traded somebody? I forget. Mm, let's pull it up right now. Uh, let's see. The Dodgers. See what their transaction list is. Yeah, I love the transaction history. I like that one. You can yes. kind of yes, – it, it puts is. everything in one spot. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. They traded Manuel Margot to the Twins. To the Twins. I knew it was a central team. Infielder Noah Miller and Rain Doncon. Uh, are coming back in return. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts on that? Or interesting, they just got Margot along with with Glasnow from Tampa. Uh, they shift Margot out of town, and you know, I think it's because of the guy who they just signed as the super utility guy. <laughs> yes, welcome yep. back, a familiar face, Kike Hernandez. To the as Dodgers. if they needed more, folks. As if they needed more. As if they as if they haven't done enough this offseason. Yep. Let's bring in one more guy. The rich get richer. Exactly. All right, well, that's going to take us to our first break of today's show here on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, more spring training talk ahead. Welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Mitchell Smedley rocking with you on this Monday evening alongside the one, the only, Jack Heim. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Great intro back in. Thank you. We're talking all things MLB right now. Uh, You know, a little more off-season to go. Yeah. And uh, some spring training. We're about to dive headfirst into... uh, Phillies have played three games. How many have the Mets played? They have played three as well. Nice. Both of our team started on Saturday. They've played Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, I'm looking at my agenda here. Agenda. So, talked about a lot of the league stuff. Oh, one more thing. Juan Soto hit his first blast as a New York Yankee. Yeah, I don't care. Opposite field. Don't off care. Off the scoreboard. That's future New York Met Juan Soto to you. Overrated. So. <laughs> Yes. Had this discussion last yeah, time. Was certainly false. No, dude. It's not. He is such a good hitter. It's not even funny. Defense. Boring. He's not clutch. So he's not clutch. I don't know. The What's guy, like Juan Soto's biggest moment? Um, 2019 wild card game against the Brewers. Oh wow! Ripped it. Ripped it in a right field. Gave the Nationals the then lead in the seventh inning. Not even a home run. Yeah, it was a two run single. <laughs> Pathetic. Wow. Get, okay. Hey, if he doesn't get that hit, the Nationals might not go on that World Series run. Oh my goodness! So whatever, you know, you know who's had a better wild card round um, hit than than Juan Soto? Oh, Bryson Stott. 
Yes. By the way, the ESPN call of that Grand Slam is pathetic. It was so bad. I I hate ESPN, by the way. They're Not awful. a hot take. They have horrible sports coverage. They have fallen off so much. It's that is funny. deep. That is good. A grand slam for shot. He like, couldn't <laughs> say the name right. He goes, I swear, pull it up right now. It is so fun. A grand slam for shot. Who did that game? <laughs> it was, oh, what's the dude's name? He's not even that good. It's the guy that was like, and Schwarber is thrown out of the game. Like the guy that oh, does Carl uh, Ravish. Yeah, it was Ravish. He's not good. Not a good broadcaster, in my opinion. I agree with you. Any views or opinions expressed? Okay, you are. It was one of the worst. Like that's why the the clip of uh, like the stock Grand Slam with only crowd noise became so popular because yeah. the call ruined it. <laughs> A grand slam for Stott. That is deep. That is gone. Here it comes. He did the Mets series in 2022, and I hated him. Yeah, that was pathetic. Like, he gets the premier wild card series, like, and I don't know why. Like, it's a good thing ESPN only has coverage for the wild card, and yeah. after that it gets deviated. Oh, I can't Fox. imagine. Like, it's, oh my god, Fox and TBS do a marvelous job with it. I instead. think TBS is, eh, I think Fox is incredible. I think I, Davis I, and Schmoltz are incredible. I like I like Brian Anderson, I do. Sometimes he can get a little bit annoying by just getting too repetitive annoying. on one thing, but... Other than that, I think he has he has great calls for the big moments. I and that's what I like. I disagree. I think he's. I think game two of that Braves Phillies series last year was incredible. He had incredible calls for that game, and I know. Of course, he gives it, great it, calls for the Braves. It's a bad. I know it's a bad example for you because the Phillies came back and won. But like no, the big Austin Riley, are you kidding me? I think he's a biased announcer. I don't think he got excited at all for the Phillies in either series. The problem was the Phillies didn't have any big moments in that series. In terms what of are you like, talking about? Like, in clutch moments, they just blitzed the Harper players. watches it fly! <laughs> like, dude, after st- like after the whole thing with Arcia, and then to come out and just hit a second-deck tank shot? Are you kidding? And then Strider... That was a cool call, though. What? That Harper was, watches eh, it fly? It was... I, I don't know. He said watches it fly for, like, so many home runs. I That's one thing I don't like about announcers, and every announcer is going to have patterns, of course. But when every call is, like, the same, it, it diminishes the importance of them, right? Like, see ya! Like, that one is so... And see you later! Yeah, you gotta change it up for the big moments. Like, yeah. you have your patented calls, and those are great throughout the regular season. Like Tom like McCarthy, that. right? Regular season, the whole time, he's like, it is gone! Right? But for the Harper walk-off Grand Slam in 2019, mm-hmm. way up there and way out of yeah, that's an electric call because it's different. Exactly, the big moments you have to be different. You know, exactly. Yeah, you have to change it up. And I don't think that's deep. That is gone. A grand slam for Stott. Yeah. Like he just sounded bored. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, Mitchie I mean, was up in the second deck in right field, like absolutely losing his mind. I mean, yeah, the Marlins do have that aspect of just making you fall asleep watching <laughs> baseball. So. I don't blame him there. It's not really the Phillies boring you. It's the Marlins. Oh, they couldn't man. do anything in that series. Jazz Chisholm is so annoying. I remember you telling me in the moment, oh, that series is pretty close. It was not close. No, dude. but when, it's not an utter blitzing. Like yeah, it, The first game was 4-1. to one. That's yeah, not that bad. Well, no, yeah. But I think the And Phillies, the second game got opened up with the Grand 
slam. The Phillies were firmly in control, I think. Yes, the score didn't like represent a blowout, but the Marlins rarely posed a threat to take a game. <laughs> I wasn't I was not shaking in my boots exactly. like, like any time like Austin Riley or Ronald Acuna would step in. And that's how you know you have a series in control when you're right. not like scared at all. Yeah. So. It was kind of a party atmosphere, you know? Well we're we talking about the Phillies playoffs. <laughs> let's talk about Phillies let's talk about yeah, Phillies whoops. spring training. Yeah. First three games, anything that you've liked to see maybe from the young guys? Um, yeah, there's a few things, actually. Yeah, let's hear it. I know so, you talked about this on Backlash. Sorry to interrupt you. but Death, taxes and, sto- uh, <laughs> death taxes, and Scott Kingery putting on a, a clinic in, in spring training. Um, I mean, are we going to get roped into it again this year? Like, he's still getting paid. <laughs> Should we bring him up? Here's the thing. If Rojas is bad enough, I'm in favor of bringing up Scott Kingery. <laughs> I am actually. I would be in favor of that on day one. Uh, Skingery, uh, Skingery, <laughs> Kingery can play outfield. I think uh, if Marsh is hurt and, and Rojas is terrible, let's have a, a Merrifield Kingery outfield. <laughs> but uh, no, Kingery had a four RBI day. Day one of spring training had a, a nice home run. Uh, Derek Hall today homer. That's good to see him keeping his power up. He uh, struggled up in the big leagues this year. Whit Merrifield. Had his first home run of the spring, a two-run shot that at the time tied the game today. Uh, Johan Rojas had a ball that should have been caught at the track, but it dropped for a triple. Uh, real nice. Now I have to hear about people. He hit a triple! Stop! <laughs> the ball should have been caught! <laughs> Sam Pete Alonso had a similar type of hit today. <laughs> it's like, would've... why? I, like, why, does he, why did it have to be him? It could have been anyone else in the lineup, and I would have been like, all right, you know, whatever, it's a triple. When that ball... What, like when it fell, when the, it, I, I think it hit off the guy's glove, mm-hmm. I just face palmed. I was like, "Why couldn't you catch it?" But I mean, look, the Johan Rojas thing. I think the thing about him having a new bat path and it looks smoother. Sure, that's fine. I, he just doesn't have power. Like he can be smoother. He can turn bloop singles into line drive singles all he wants. He's not going to be hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah. So the, the Johan Rojas thing irritates the hell out of me. That's no secret. But. uh you know, Pache had a home run. That's nice to see. I, I think there is a lot left to be discovered with Christian Pache. I think he's an all-around better player than Rojas. People forget that when Pache came up, people were like, oh, that's, like, really fast. Like, that is really – like, he's not – he's very comparable in defense to, to Rojas. Yeah. And, and the bat is better. Yes, I, I would agree. Just I can interject real quick. Sure. I mean, this guy is so much hype coming up to the Brave yeah. system. I mean, he was a top prospect. Didn't quite pan out the Braves' hope, to, especially with the bat tool right when he got to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. They ship him off to Oakland, uh, get some solid assets in return, mind you. Uh, but but this guy, I think, still has something left in the tank. Totally agree. There's a reason why when when uh, I Jack texted me the, the Twitter post of the move when the Phillies grabbed him, and I just texted back, love the move. Like, I was all in on Christian Pache. And then he comes out, and contrary to Johan Rojas, who doesn't have a clutch bone in his body, oh, I'm sorry, he hit a 30-hopper up the middle to send the Phillies to the playoff. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> Christian Pache had a two-run pinch hit walk, uh, not walk-off, but game-winning home run against the Marlins, okay? Like, Pache is actually a decent young player with something in the tank to be discovered, so... Um. Yeah, seeing him uh, get a few hits early in the uh, early in the spring here is nice. The older cats actually haven't been doing too well so far. I expect that to change. Harper hasn't played yet. Bohm hasn't played yet. I don't think Schwarber's played. No, Schwarber has played yet. There's one of the older guys that hasn't yet. It might be JT. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So yet to see stuff from those guys. Uh. 
Castellanos, I believe, had like an RBI single or something. Trey Turner uh, knocked in a run on a ball that should have been caught on the infield. Um, so, you know, usual spring things going on. But I, I am liking what I'm seeing out of the young guys. It looks like, uh, you know, Pache, Rojas, Sosa. Uh, it looks like they're, they're making some tweaks and uh, they might have a little more power in the tank. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see for your fills throughout the rest of the spring and going into the regular season. And Nola with uh, two awesome innings today. Yes. Philly, or not today, uh, Sunday. The Phillies actually no-hit the Yankees through seven and a third. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Um, Let's see. What else I got here? I am going to talk about my Mets a little bit Yeah, go here. for it. First three games of the spring. Stuff I've noticed, stuff that I've been excited about today. Luis Anel Acuna, who we got from the Rangers and the Max Scherzer deal. Multiple hit day, the younger brother of Ronald Acuna. Um, looked solid here in the lineup. He got the start at second base. Uh, like what I signed him, a couple of hard hit balls that got down for hits. Um, Trace Thompson, I mean... This guy is, is a longtime vet. I'm not really, you know, about to get super hyped up over Trace Thompson, but uh, not too shabby of a day today. Five RBIs drove in five of the six Mets runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Jet Williams got on base, one of our uh, other top prospects, uh, and then stole second and got to third on a throwing error. He's going to be a big-time player, I think, when he gets up to the big leagues either this year or next year. Kid's got great speed, um, solid defender, uh, and really can put the bat on the ball. I'm really excited to see what Jet Williams can do uh, when he gets up to the big leagues and officially becomes a New York Met. Um, Gilbert and Acuna, I'm excited about them too. I'm a little bit lower on Acuna's ceiling, but I think he's got a pretty safe floor as a steady major leaguer. Uh, and everyone that's talked about Drew Gilbert said he's got, you know, he plays with his hair on fire. He plays very, very hard and passionately and, and ain't afraid to get dirty. So always Whoa. love to hear that about a guy. Whoa. Um, whether that's diving for balls in the outfield or swiping bases. I mean, it's what you like to see of a player, playing hard uh, day in and day out. Uh, and Gilbert swung a nice bat in uh, Binghamton last year, batting over 320 uh, after being traded to the Mets from Houston for Justin Verlander. So those are a couple of the young guys I'm excited about. A nice veteran performance yeah. here today. Going back to yesterday, uh, Jose Buto, a couple of scoreless innings. He's battling for that fifth spot in the Mets rotation. Allowed three hits, one K. Didn't look great, didn't look horrible either. Um, worked through some trouble. A fifth starter, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then other pitching notes I had, uh, Tyler McGill shut off his new splitter on the spring opener on Saturday. Struggled with his overall command, though, gave up one run in two innings. Uh, just had to deal with a lot of pitches. I think almost 40 pitches in those two innings. So didn't look great, uh, but he showcased uh, new pitches he's been working on the offseason. Uh, and the last of that fifth uh, spot battle, Max Kranich grew up a big Diehard Mets fan uh, came over from the Pirates. We got him two scoreless innings today on ten pitches. Uh, so talk about efficiency for Max Cranick. Flamethrower has that uh, fastball up near ninety six consistently. Uh, pretty solid with the velo on that fastball. So interesting to see what what Cranick can show throughout the rest of the spring. Some interesting pitching uh, performances through those first three spring games. Getting an early look at a lot of the guys who are going to be competing to t- to snatch up that last rotation in the Mets. Uh, starting five come opening day with Kodai Senga uh, being out. Uh, yep. That's all I got in Metsland. Um, other- I did forget one Phillies note. Okay. You know uh, who hit a tank shot for the Phillies? Who? Uh, I believe this was Saturday. One of my favorite minor leaguers, the one, the only Wes Wilson, <laughs> hit an absolute moonshot. Um, and I think had another hit later in the game. So, Weston Wilson, gotta love it, man. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot a, two, two minor Mets notes. Pete Alonso, two doubles today. I'd like to see that him hit one of the opposite field. And hit a ground rule double to center field, like how Rojas should have been caught. <laughs> yeah. The center fielder got blinded by the sun, <laughs> and he just held up his glove and then just, like, cowered so he didn't get hit. And it bounced next to him on the warning track and hopped up over the wall, That's so awesome. Alonso got a double. Yo, um, <laughs> nothing will beat the... Um Oh, I, I know his name, but I forget it. The Red Sox that allowed the Grand Slam. Oh, Jaron Duran. Yeah. I think, right? No, Is no. The inside I, the Parker? Yeah, the Inside the Park Grand Slam Tapia. I think it was Tapia. Tapia hit it. Oh, did he hit and it? And okay. Duran Then it was a Blue Jay. he didn't Jay. see it. It was like yeah. 40 feet over He didn't over see his it, head. and it was behind him just sitting on the warning track. Yeah, he was like in medium center field, and that thing yes. was way over his head, and he has no clue where He's just that. standing there. <laughs> and everyone circles the bases, and he doesn't move the whole time. Yeah, he didn't even, like, turn around to look for it. Like, he's like, is it still up there? <laughs> like, so, what? yeah, the right fielder actually on that play came he over. He got to and it. He got to it. Yeah. And by the time Duran, like, Duran turns around and just sees the guy behind yeah, him. Yeah, no, that's my favorite part when he sees it, oh, you got it. Okay. Oh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I'm chilling, man. I yeah. totally no, messed up. My favorite is he wasn't like moving back, like, all right, no. maybe it's behind me. I should go like check that off. Like, <laughs> just no, it just stands there. Up. Just huh. standing looking in the sky. I'm chilling. Huh. And that's not a spring training game. That's a major league game <laughs> in August. Is this ball or is ever July? Come down? I think it was July. End of July, but uh, inside the park, Grand Slam. Tapia. <laughs> is that ball ever going to come down? Where is that thing? <laughs> That thing is in orbit. Wow, he really got a hold of that one, didn't it? I, <laughs> holy cow, where is it? I don't even see it anymore. Whoa. Oh, oh, right fielder behind me, you got it. Doesn't even move as Toppy is rounding third as it's getting thrown in. They don't even get a play at the plate. It was so funny. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness! Wow, that was a got to be one of the most embarrassing plays. Yeah, that defined the Red Sox. I think that was last year, right? That was, or two was years I, ago. I think it was twenty two. Okay, I mean they've had a. Not a great last two years. Yeah, so. not a, not a good time to be a Red Sox fan. No, so that's what that reminded me of. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my other favorite is when uh, like guys aren't familiar with the Citizens Bank Park uh, angled wall, and like they go running up into it and they don't catch it, and it just hits off that and just rolls forever. Oh yeah, isn't that what JT did? That's how JT hit his inside the Parker. That's how Harper hit one against the Giants this yep. year. Um, they, you know what that reminds me of is like I don't know if you like. You know, when you ever hit, like, one uh, in, in Wii Sports Baseball, right? Mm-hmm. If you, like, line it and it just clips off the top of that wall, it'll, like, go to the side and just start rolling for days on, oh, the, yeah. on the track. But <laughs> <laughs> a triple! <laughs> That's what the, even You can get a triple even if it's sitting there for, like, half a minute. You're like, all right, I should have been home by now. <laughs> nope, triple. Oh, That's my God. other favorite part. Correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong. I think the MLB... Um, just for like one game a year, should play by Wii Sports rules where like depending on where the ball goes, that's how many bases you get. You have to stand at home until the umpire says like double. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be so. Funny. You're out. You're out. Change, Change sides. sides. That's to, the game. You have to run like Wii Sports characters. <laughs> yeah, like you hop. the little hops. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That would be so funny. Talk about talk about speed being a non-factor at that point. Oh yeah, dude. Johan Rojas would still be fast. And people would still want him to, to be on the team. Who's well, got to be here for the Wii Sports game? Shut up! Get off the team, Johan. <laughs> Anyways, on the other side, we'll uh, wrap up our MLB discussion before heading into some other topics. Uh, this is Heavy Hitters. All the best in sports talk right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown.
welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley with you. We got a whole nother hour coming up right after this, after these next 20 minutes, so don't go anywhere. We got big energy. More wow. MLB talk coming. I'm excited. Baseball is all the way back in terms of being able to follow our teams, uh, see some of the younger guys perform. You know, some people say, oh, well, spring training is boring. Just give me the regular games ready. Yes, well, on one hand, I agree with you. It's exciting to see what young talent you got in your organization. Um, and just to subtly breathe baseball in, to get it back into your life um, before opening day, about, you know, a month um, a month from Wednesday, right? Um, March 28th is opening day. What's today's date? The 26th. Yeah, then it would be a month from Wednesday. Month and it's a short Wednesday. month at that, 29 days from Wednesday. We are 31 yeah. days away. From opening day, and by the way, that's going to go pretty quick because yes, you know we got uh, we got a conference this weekend. Yes, we do, and then we got spring break, and uh, yeah, and then we come back from spring break on the 18th. Ten yeah. days out at that point. Yep. Ten days. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. So, so excited for Friday. Yeah, super excited, man. Should be fun. Yeah, um, wanted to ask you. So the Phillies have like the Andrew Painter thing. What's like the next big thing in in the Mets prospect pool? Oh. Like who's that guy? Like oh, so, like behind the front line guy, or like you know, because no, like the big thing coming up. Okay, I would say Jet Williams. He's our number one prospect right now. Yeah. He's a middle infielder. He's also going to get some run in center field. Uh, this guy flew up our system last year. Started with low A, ended the year in double A. Uh, rapidly rose up the ranks, and he performed really well everywhere he played in the system. Man, I like what this guy has to offer. You know, not not the biggest guy, only five foot seven. But hey, wow, I'm taller than him. So yeah, we love a short king. <laughs> Jet Williams, that's so, a name. He's got some good speed. I can you better if you're named Jet. Yeah, dude, could you imagine if you're named that. Jet and you're like, you know, Kyle Schwarber? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh not good. Goodness. Like, what's a big lumbery name? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, a big guy name um, that just isn't slow or isn't fast. I mean, like Brock, <laughs> Brad Stockton, <laughs> Brad Stockton. <laughs> but he just sounds like he's got no wheels at all. Like, but know, he can hit tanks. Yeah, <laughs> he can hit like 35 home runs a year. But you know, he could get thrown out from right field on a on a sing, on a ground ball. Like yeah. ground ball at the right field, he's getting thrown <laughs> out. Of, he's getting thrown out at first. <laughs> That's funny. So, all right. So, Jet Williams is the next big thing. Is he playing in these uh, spring training games? Yes, he is. Nice. Got in yesterday. Um, How do you made do? some impact with his wheels. Uh, only got one at bat. Um, what a loser. Got at the end of the game. Substituted in. I'm trying to see if he played today. For whatever reason, the Nationals facilities did not have any, like, live coverage. Like, they had live stats, but no, like, stream to watch. Wow. So, that was weird to me. Um, but let me look if my phone would load for me. P. Williams did play today. Went one for two. Um, Batting 500. Yeah. So was this on base today or yesterday? I'm, I saw it on social media. I don't know. One of the two. But, yes, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this guy. He, you know, predominantly played at low A and in high A last year. Um, only played six games in Binghamton at the end of the year in double A. But, you know, really, really flourished in high A at uh, Brooklyn. 299 average in 36 games with a 1018 OPS. Uh, he was really, really good. 38 hits, 9 doubles, 2 triples, 7 home runs, um, and 12 stolen bases. Only got caught once. Drew 33 walks in 36 games. Wow. So, pretty good, yeah. 
Nice. Excited for what this guy's got, man. Any big pitchers coming players. through the system? Uh, position player or pitchers? Pardon me. Uh, Christian Scott is an interesting one. He was oh my really interesting. Who last year. is I mean, Christian Scott? <laughs> just took out Boston. Put it yeah, that's <laughs> uh, one of my favorite calls. It is. Um, poor Tom Brenneman. Oh wait, why did he not show up? Tom Brenneman? No, because he kind of got in some trouble. Yes, he did. <laughs> Um, Reds live pregame show, um, yeah. All right, cool. So you got some some hype dudes down there. Yeah, I, I like our farm system. We're top fifteen in in, in uh, the MLB with our farm system ranks right now. So. You see, the Phils were ranked top three in uh, rotation. Really? Yeah. So I mean, it's not surprising to me. I mean, it's not like they have a bad. Yeah, they're rotation. a good rotation. Yeah. The problem is, I just don't think it fully works for the playoffs in terms because they only have three capable starters. They feel confident in. I th- I think LCS Taiwan is ready for a revenge campaign. We'll see. I know you're I know you're bullish on Walker. I, I know you are, and you know being able to see him firsthand before he's got some good stuff, but it's only you know kind of flash in the pan type of thing. He doesn't really stick it out for the full 162. Um, I don't know with the lack of confidence they had in him the last last year. We'll see if that increases. Yep. So that'll be an interesting storyline to monitor if and more than likely when they get back to the postseason. Isn't it nice that we have baseball games to watch every weekend until November? Yeah, yeah, dude, that feels really good. I enjoy it. So Anything else, uh, MLB, you're uh, keeping your eye on? Um, Two pitcher updates. Yoshinobu Yamamoto going to make his spring debut on Wednesday, scheduled to pitch two innings against the reigning champion Rangers, um, making his spring and Dodgers debut. And then Justin Verlander, not sure he'll be ready for opening day. Uh, he came into camp a couple weeks behind schedule with a shoulder problem, uh, so we'll see how he progresses. Um, it's it's kind of just for him. He's taking it slow, um, kind of week by week type of deal. So we'll see how long Verlander's out for Houston. That's, uh, I think that's going to lead them to get off to a slower start than people would expect. A lot of questions in that rotation. If everybody's going to move up a spot, that would set Framber Valdez to be the ace. Yes, he's good. He's very good, very good. But you know, that means you got to fill in one, you know, one up spot, and then some of these younger guys have to step up. You know, looking at Hunter Brown for them, a uh, guy they had a lot of. Uh, you know, promise for and a lot of hype behind. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we will see if Verlander is not ready to go for opening day. Uh, it would be Valdez moving up to the one, Krishna Javier to two, Brown to three, Urquidy to four, and they'd fill in that five. So um, interesting to see what will happen with that Astro rotation at the start of the year. Good stuff. Anything anything on your mind, baseball-wise, or no? Uh, baseball-wise... Happy for it to be back, objectively. I just uh, I, I was just really shocked because I forgot that the uh, 2009 World Series happened during the regular season. Yeah, that's something I Totally forgot. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a question for you, kind of like weird, but like... Yeah. Cool, too. Favorite... <clears throat> I know you talked about like heartbreaking at the end of Backlash and yeah. stuff like that. Favorite regular season win? Oh, man. I have so many of these. Yes. But, but if there's one. If there's one, just immediately, like, just snap my fingers, it comes to mind. Yep. That Harper Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. On top of that, um, I think opening day 2019 and game two 2019. So that was the Reese Grand Slam and then the Harper first home run, respectively. Loved those wins. Um, the Bryson Stott walk-off home run game against the Angels 2022. Because that also had a Harper Grand Slam to tie the game. And then we gave up the lead in the ninth inning because we're a bunch of bums in the bullpen. And uh, and then Stott won it with two strikes and two outs in the ninth. Um, that put him on the map. 
Oh man. Um anytime we beat the Mets is good. It is. It yeah, is. I know. I know. Um I mean I have also, one against you. And so. obviously also the uh the no hitter. Yeah. So those would probably be some of my top ones. How about you? I would say hmm. A couple of these come against the Phils. Uh, the first no- Mets no-hitter I ever remember watching. Uh, it was the only throw two in their franchise history. 2022, the combined at City Field. Doesn't even count. Against the Phils. That was a good game to watch. Um, 7-1. 7-1. Yeah, that's like... You turned it off! You turned off the game! I turned it off after the sixth inning. Man. You don't get to talk. Then I turned it back on in the ninth inning when I saw we had two on, two runners on and nobody out. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm you saw two runners... On. On with two runs in. You saw it when it was 7-3. Pathetic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Pathetic. Then I turned it on and watched the rest of it. So. I watched the whole thing. So. And I'm not proud of it. Yeah. Uh, actually. That's not a flex. Also, really fun game. Um, game will melt down. Like, and this is, like, going to seem random, but at the time, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, when the Phillies took over first place from the Mets in 21 with a 4-2 win at CBP uh, over the Mets. That was awesome. That was like the off the back wall uh, for the Harper home run. That was a good moment. Also, when the Phillies came back from down seven nothing against the Cubs to win like fifteen to eight, that was a good game. That was during Harper's MVP campaign. Hmm. Yeah. Um, also, opening day twenty twenty two. That was a good one. Uh, Schwarber led off the game with a home run. Let off the season with a home run. I'm trying to remember, the Mets had a comeback against the Nationals in the regular season in Nats Park. I forget what year and what day. It was either 2015 or 2016. But that was a thrilling game um, that the Mets came back and stole uh, with Kirk Newman High School, people hitting a big home run. But before we yeah. get back into a trip down memory lane, I do have a message from the KU Notebook Attention KU community. Kutztown University is proud to host the 2024 East Central Pennsylvania Scholastic Art Awards Exhibition. Held in the Miller Gallery of the Sheridan Arts Building from Saturday, February 10th through Sunday, March 3rd. Exhibition hours are 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Mondays through Fridays, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays, and 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Sundays. This event is free and open to the public, so be sure to come out, come and check out award-winning and award-nominated artwork from students across Berks County and the Lehigh Valley. This message of interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, Okay, you are. All right, back here, rounding out number hour number one of heavy hitters. You want to know another funny, fun uh, regular season game? Sure. We, it was a win against the Nationals, I think. Was that 21? I forget, but uh, I, I think it Nationals. was. And uh, guess who hit a walk-off Grand Slam? Oh, let me think. Let me try to remember. Hmm. 2021 walk-off Grand Slam. I feel like I know this too. Down eight to seven in the extra innings, eighth inning. Oh, why? Because it was a doubleheader day. Why is it someone who's definitely not on the team anymore? I don't know, man. I feel like I know who it is when you say it, but I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. Walk off Grand Slam, Brad Miller. <laughs> Brad Miller. <laughs> oh, what a name. Oh, my goodness. Um, here's another weird question. I have one of these. It actually just happened this year. Okay. Do you have, like, a favorite game that you lost regularly? That, like, you lost, and it was heartbreaking as hell, but you're like, man, that was a fun game. Hmm. I'll tell you mine. Give you some time to think. The first game of the Phillies Diamondbacks series, which makes it even more painful that it was the Diamondbacks eventually, um, that uh, JT had the cycle, and there was that like 
Oh, who hit that? It was uh, Cody Clemens almost took the lead back in the ninth inning with a home run, but it went like four inches foul. Um, the final score was like 9-8. That was a very exciting game. Hmm. Got any like that? I'm trying to think. Usually I don't walk away after saying that's a great game if you lose. Usually I'm just Also, really, Harper's really 300th home run this year. And, like, the Trey Turner go-ahead home run, and then Harper go-ahead home run for 300. Like, that was a fun game, and then we lost, and that really upset me, but, like, whatever. No, it's it's a weird question. Like, you I never know. come away from a game like, that was awesome, and we lost. Like, But, like, looking back, anything that's like, you know what? Like, I know we lost, but I had a hell of a time watching that game. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think recently. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Anything to, like, the Braves? Yeah, I hate the Braves, dude. Oh. Oh, yeah. I have one. I have one. (laughs) Ioannis Cespedes hits one to the wall, and Ender Inciarte of the Braves reaches up and and plucks it away to lose the Mets the game. I got so excited because I thought he had a walk-off home run, and it turns out we lost because of a great defensive play to rob a home run, man. That was a fun game to watch between the Mets and Braves, but, of course, the Braves... Snap, you know, break our hearts as usual. And, man, I hate the Braves. I hate everyone I hate so in the NL East. Everyone. I hate I the Braves, Phillies, especially I hate the Nationals, too. One that you know, is so underrated. I know you don't hate them as much. I know you don't like them, but, man, I hate the Nationals. I hate everyone in this damn division. I can't stand the Nationals, but, like, out of the four, like, they're the— I hate them the least out of the four. Just because they're irrelevant right now. When they yeah. were good, they were pesky, man. No, they were annoying. were annoying. I hate when the Nationals are good, like they're the siren that they play, yeah. like when they hit a home they're run. It's so, so annoying. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any, like... So here's one. The Phillies made a million of these this year because it was like their habit. Um, they have a great moment, like one that's you're like, you're like, oh, that's going to live like forever in my mind. And then they lose the game, and you have to forget about it. Phillies made a career of that this season in, like, August and September. They would hit, like, a go-ahead home run every single game in, like, the eighth or ninth inning and then lose. <laughs> hit a go-ahead home run in the late innings and lose? Yeah. they Just blow it? All of the time. They Trey Turner hit a three-run bomb to take the lead against the Brewers. We lost. Bryce Harper's home run against the Angels for number 300. We lost. Like, there were so—I'm not kidding you. There were so— Many. It was like a bit. Or like even game tying home runs. Like we were down 8-6 to the Braves in the bottom of the ninth. Harper with two outs goes deep to tie it. We lose in extra innings. Uh, Literally same thing. Same team. uh, Down two runs. Or one run, I forget. And uh, Trey Turner hit a game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. We lost in extra innings to the Braves. Like it happened so frequently this year. So frequently. Oh, you know what was a fun one between our two teams? What? It was in, I believe, 2015, where it was just a high-scoring slugfest. You guys put up, like, a six spot in the first inning, and then the Mets came back, and it was David Wright's first game after coming back from injury, and he hit a monster home run into the second deck in left field in mm, Philly. I don't remember And it. Here, let me look up the final score of that game. I know it was high-scoring. The Mets dropped, like, 20 that game. And wow. The Phillies put up over double digits, too, I believe. That's crazy. There was a game like that between the Phillies and Nationals, actually. That may have been 2019 or 2020. Um, and it was like we just kept pounding each other. The final score was like like 14 to 12 or something really. like, And it was back and forth the whole way. Um, I love those those moments though. I was not as high scoring as I thought. What a loser. But it was still – it was 16 to 7. Um, wow. Phillies, Phillies put up three in the first and then – actually they put up 
seven in the first three innings. Wow. And it was seven to two Philadelphia before the Mets put up. Scoring seven runs against the Mets is just not a good idea, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you put up seven in the first three innings, and then the Mets in the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings put up 11. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, how about the... Uh, oh, God, wait, what? I'm looking at the box scoring summary of this game. Cameron Rupp in a 461-foot home run. Cameron Rupp was my favorite player, dude, for a little while. He a tank. Oh, my goodness. That ball was crushed. 461? Wow. And Cameron Rupp blasts one into orbit. Oh, my it's goodness. It's gone. Now nah, Darren Ruff was my favorite. Shot. Darren Ruff. <laughs> no, Darren Ruff. He was. I swear, he was like my favorite player in like 2016. <laughs> New York Met legend Darren yeah. Ruff. No, um, I hate that guy. Speaking of Cameron Ruff, the you know what highlight I watch way too much is like the uh, tagging from third. Goodell comes running in. He has it. Here's the throw to the plate on a on a hop. He is out. Cameron Ruff hangs on. Oh man, what a play! Oh, is that one running over catchers is still legal? Yes. But wow. we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. We got a whole nother hour of heavy hitters coming your way right after this. Don't go anywhere. KUR. And welcome back in. It's heavy hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Oh, well, that would, yeah, I was hitting the wrong thing. (laughs) I just had a little mental breakdown. Uh, Welcome in. We're talking all all things MLB in hour number one. Uh, We'll hit a plethora of topics. So I was trying to turn my headphone headphone volume up, um, and I was hitting the, the third knob, and it just wasn't turning up, and I had to hit the second one. Did you find it? Yes, but not with the right call. <laughs> yeah, that's not Tom McCarthy. Tom McCarthy like turns like redneck in that call. Oh man, what a play! <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, but you saw like him get absolutely mugged. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim, and this is Heavy Oh, I hitters. found the right call. Here it is. I love the guy in the background that just screams, <laughs> What a throw, man. Was it was a-, a nice throw. Tyler Goodell. <laughs> Who even is that guy? No, remember, we did, a, we did a little bit on the show where you were like, what's the most random filly you can think of? And that's the one I hit you with. I go, Tyler Goodell. Because <laughs> I, I had just seen that play. That guy. That, welcome to the 2015-16 Phillies, bro. You didn't know who anyone was. Remember when Trevor Plouffe was a Philly? <laughs> Works for John Boy Media. That's why I love watching John Boy because he, he'll always go like, "Yeah, my former squad, the Phillies." And I'm like, "I forgot about you, buddy, dude." Why did they keep this guy around? Tyler Goodell was Tyler. a monster. In 92 games, this guy had 41 hits, three doubles, three triples, four home runs, 16 RBIs, stole three bags. Struck out 52 times, only walked 17 times. He'd be better batted, than Johan Rojas. And batted 192. Oh. <laughs> well, he's basically Kyle Schwarber yeah. with an arm. 
had a 549 OPS. Wow. Wow, that's horrible. When you were like, why didn't they keep him around? He was a monster. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I can no. see why this guy only played one major league season. Yeah, do you remember when uh, Tommy Joseph was a Philly? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Tommy Joseph. Remember that's Reese amazing. Hoskins in left field? <laughs> oh. Jack, when I tell you the Phillies have paid their dues to get to these playoff runs, I mean. Remember when Kyle Schwarber was a catcher? No. With the Cubs. Yeah. Oh, my. I forgot. I totally forgot yep. about that. Yeah. Remember when Kyle Schwarber tore his ACL and came back that same year to win the World Series? Yeah, that's crazy, man. That was. I thought Reese was going to do it. He was on track to do it. And then we just lost because why would we win anything? And the Diamondbacks. Quiet. That's enough. Do you hear a hissing sound? I do not. I do. That's weird. Um, whatever. We'll get regs on that. They better figure that out. <laughs> you All got right. any? Uh, you got any like random announcer calls that you love? You found mine. Ooh. Cameron Rupp hangs on. Oh man, what a play! Todd Frazier hitting one against the Nationals in the 2019 comeback. We're down six three in the ninth inning, mm. and he just curls one right inside the foul pole. Here, let me pull it. Oh, up. speaking of, we were going through big home runs the Phillies wasted. Um, down three in the ninth inning to the Giants. Bryce Harper hit one off the pole to tie the game. McCarthy's call of that is incredible if anyone ever gets the chance to listen to it. Just the crowd reaction. The yeah. call wasn't like... Dude, check out um, Bryce Harper game-tying home run against the Giants. That's a great call. Um, it hit the pole! It hit the pole! Just Tom McCarthy absolutely screaming. And the worst part about that, no outs, right, in that inning. And then uh, the Phillies proceeded to get two more singles in a row. Had the winning run on second base. Here it is. That was, yeah. Yeah. We lost in extra innings. Oh, was that 8-6? Yes. Was that the 8-6 Yes, that was 8-6. Yep. Just absolute misery. Oh, because the day before you came back against Doval again. Yeah, same same guy. Trey Turner had the walk-off single. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. I was at a a bar watching that game with my my brother and his friends. Yeah, that was, dude. It hit the pole! It hit the pole! And there was actually, I was supposed to go to that game. I was supposed to go to that game, dude. Wow. Yeah. No, and the funny thing is, like, when something like that happens, like, I start screaming. You've you've seen this yeah. live. I start screaming. And so I jump up. I didn't even hear Tom McCarthy, and my mom's in the kitchen. And I go, Mom, it hit the pole! It hit the pole! It hit the bleeping pole! Right? And it's like the same call. When I went back and watched it, I was like, that's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. That's why they don't let me on the broadcast, though, you know? <laughs> it hit the bleeping pole! Um, the Bartolo Colon home run. Obviously. Bartolo Colon has done it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Cologne call. Colon drives one deep left field. It's out of here. Yeah, that was a good call. The impossible has happened. So why is that so impossible? 
because Bartolo Colon, every time he swung his helmet, would fly off of his head. Oh, really? He just looked so unprofessional swinging a baseball bat. Okay. And by the graces of God, he connects with a baseball, hits the off the barrel, and just gets one over the left field fence. In San Diego, no less, a pitcher-friendly park. Yeah. Hits one over the left field wall by like seven or eight rows. Uh, and he gets it out of there. And he takes like a 40-second trot around the bags because he's Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness, man. Him and Reese Hoskins, two of the slowest trots you'll see. Yeah. Well, that was for spite. Yes, that was funny. Bartolo Colon just can't run any yeah, faster Yeah, exactly. Than that. He's like uh, he's like Brad Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bartolo Colon is physically incapable yeah. of moving any faster. And by the way, while we're talking about great calls, I know it involves neither of our teams, but... Uh, uh, the Padres pitcher they just brought up from El Paso <laughs> just hit a grand slam. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> Off Max Scherzer! <laughs> delay, man. Yeah. Like, why the delay? You happy I showed you that one? Yes. <laughs> While we reminisce about great calls, though, I will interject yeah. just momentarily to bring you a message from the KU Notebook. Attention, KU community. If you need any extra help with your math courses, the Department of Mathematics offers free walk-in peer tutoring for students in classes from Matt 17 through the calculus sequence. Tutors are available Monday through Thursday in 207 Lytle from 2 to 5 p.m. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, back here, hour number two. We're taking trips down memory lane, recalling our favorite yeah. baseball broadcasting moments, iconic calls, big moments for our teams, and others around the league that we've just overall enjoyed. Thought they were entertaining. and Two um, more quick ones for you. Knocked out of the park. That don't get enough love. Both of them happening like a week apart from each other. Um... In the game I was mentioning earlier where Harper hit that game-tying Grand Slam and then Stott walked it off, the Angels call of the Harper Grand Slam, so funny. It's actually Matt Vesturgeon. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, you know, his big call is Santa Maria, yeah. right? And he's usually very excited. Santa Maria! Right? Well, this one, uh, he had a big, like a huge, you know what, voice crack on 3-2 uh, to Harper is hit a bunch Santa Maria, oh my goodness, he absolutely crushed that ball. <laughs> he just sounds like he's about to break into tears. And then uh, a week later, Stott hit like another home run. It was like a two-run shot early in the game like to give the Phils a 2 nothing lead. And I've told you this one. They were like showing this guy that was just sitting in the stands with a family-sized bag of chips that he just brought to the stadium. <laughs> and so... Before How did you get the home security? <laughs> yeah, they kept asking. They're like, we should send Murph down to go ask him, right? And they keep showing him between, like, every pitch. And then Stott hits this home run right after he had, like, crumpled up the bag because he finished the whole thing, right? And so the, the call from McCarthy is, and the pitch is hit in the air to right field, so-and-so going back, open up another bag of chips! <laughs> 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 so funny. Oh, man. I love that. I love that. Any others for you? Um, I'm pulling one up now. Oh, nice. Get, get, uh... How about Jimmy Rollins? He's back! Oh, dude. The Harper, like, nuke against Colorado. You know the one where he hits it, like, onto Ashburn Alley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The J-Roll, like, backup vocals on that, because they had J-Roll up in the booth for a few games that year. Jimmy Rollins was just so funny on all of his calls. And, uh, like, that, the ball is in the air, and he goes, whoa, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> just while the ball is still going, just, like, highlighting it every, like, 50 feet. And the other, I've told you about this, when he's like, um, 
Uh, yeah, I'll take me. I'll take a good filet mignon pitch. This is another Brad Miller at bat, by the way. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I'll take that filet mignon pitch, right? A uh, little truffle butter, and then he cranks it to right center. And as the ball is in the air, McCarthy's like, swung on and hit deep. And Jamie Rollins just goes, oh, he got him a slice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So funny. All right. Which well, one were you going to pull up? Um, I was going to pull up Howie Rose calling about the Mets going to the World Series, but I couldn't find it. Oh, so It's been a while since I've heard that, too. It so gets by Buckner. Oh, that's, yeah. That was Vin Scully doing yes. the TV broadcast at World Series. A little roller up along first behind the bag. It gets to Buckner. Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. I love, like, the, the way he says, behind the bag. Yeah. That's so like, iconic. That's like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets through Buckner. And you hear Shea Stadium going absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Insane. Ray Knight is like jumping up and down, like is halfway down the third baseline, and he hops on home plate. Man, oh, I watch that video all the time. By the way, maybe unhealthily too much. Shea Stadium, much better than City Field. Shea Stadium's, uh, City Field's a nicer field, but I feel like the Met fan atmosphere is nicer at Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. It got louder. Yes. It was more Met, like authentic. Um, I love City Field. I've been to City Field a couple of times. It's a really nice stadium. Um, I think the NL East has is a lot of great stadiums. I've been to Citizens Bank. I've been to City Field. Both are really nice ballparks. I would definitely put both. Citizens of them. Bank is just so picturesque, and there's a feel when you walk into that ballpark of like, you know, there's like baseball stadiums, and then there's like, oh, this is where the Phillies play. Like, there certain stadiums have it. Yeah. Dodger Stadium has it. Um, you know, other other places, Coors so. Field, I would say has it. Um, but like other other. Ballparks like where the uh, Padres play. What's that? Petco Park. Yep, Petco. You just walk in, so. and it's like uh, it's just a baseball field. So kind of boring. Uh, but yeah, that that night call was the you know that Buckner play. That was Game Six. That did not win the Mets the World Series. I know. So they won Game Seven the next day. Yep. Oh yeah. We that... will see you tomorrow <laughs> night. Anyways, um, let me see here. Oh, what I was going to say. Finish my point. I think both of our teams have you know. Top fifteen, top ten stadiums in baseball. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've never been to City Field. It, yeah, it doesn't nice, look all that impressive to me. But it's a nice place to watch a game. I, I would, yeah, I would, I would be willing. It looks a lot better than a, a lot of other places around the league. But I, I think Citizens Bank has it beat, and that you know, that's just my opinion. I mean, yeah. You're, By you're the way, obviously have some inherent bias. Yeah, I understand that. But uh, can we agree, Miami Stadium is awful. Yeah. Disgusting. Florida's not a market for baseball. No, it's, it's surprisingly, really not. it's really bad, man. Yeah. Both teams just don't draw fans. I feel like Tampa could. Tampa's a good sports market, man. They draw for sure. fans for the Lightning and Buccaneers, but since the stadium's located in St. Petersburg, you know all those fans are not in the heart of Tampa. Are not going to want to commute forty five minutes to an hour to to go see a game every day for like, sure. And I feel like Florida's also spoiled. They have a lot of spring training. Down yeah, there, exactly. so people can go watch other games. And Florida is also a very immigrated place, right? So you have people coming from other states, and they root for other teams. You know, Florida's yeah. like a big like I'm going to move to Florida thing. So I feel like there's a lot of contributing factors. I agree. Also, the teams just aren't that good. I mean, the Rays move, have been. move the Marlins to Montreal. Expos need to come back. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great it was a great idea. market man. I think Carolina needs a baseball team. I'll I tell you the truth. MOP, I think, is going to expand, and it's going to go to Nashville, I think, is one. Yeah, I think Nashville's going to go. I think Salt Lake City's the other. I don't apparently, like the Salt Lake City Apparently move. Utah's becoming like a giant possibility for a sports market. Why? Like, baseball's in rumor to go there, potentially hockey. Um, they have the jazz and basketball. Um, I just don't think Utah's got that much. So jazz, jazz fans get pretty crazy, man, believe it or not. Those Mormons know how to, sh- how to support <laughs> their teams. Well, you know. So. 
They're kind of uh, crazy about things <laughs> that they believe in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. The uh, I, maybe uh, who knows? Maybe a uh, a baseball team there would be uh, soaking in appreciation. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know, I feel like it could be. I feel like it could be an untapped solid market. Could be. I I just think the Charlotte market would be great for baseball. Yeah, especially with the Panthers being terrible. I mean, go get it. Yeah, Hornets, Hornets are awful. Are not good either. Right now's the time. Capitalize. So I, I mean, Carolina is like neither really have a team. No, I mean, exactly. They all kind of just gravitate towards Atlanta. That's what I'm saying. I think it could be a huge rivalry too. Yeah, exactly. You put them in the East. You move the Marlins up, or, you know, or even move the Marlins there. Yeah, the that's, name yeah, that's or what I'm saying. Move the Marlins up from Florida to to the Carolinas. Yeah, I think they, that could be Charlotte really cool. Or, uh, South Carolina. Charlotte Marlins, Marlins kind of has a nice ring to it. Yeah, but that doesn't really make much sense. Charlotte Marlins. <laughs> why, why are Marlins important to, to Charlotte? They're I don't know. <laughs> There's no what would you name it? Near the city. Well, I, I've walked you through my... Uh, well, no, Charlotte's on the coast. Um, and here we go. We got a geography on expert coast. on the line. Let's see if Jack can answer the phone better than Josh. Josh there went 0 for 3 on earlier show. But um, while he answers the phone, I will remind you, we are going to get to some other topics other than MLB and broadcasting and relocation nonsense. Uh, we'll get to some NHL, All right. some college hoops. And Jack, who do we have on the phone? The one, the only, John from Schnecksville on the line. John, talk oh to my me. God, guys, please stop. Don't even mention expansion in baseball. It's like there's not enough pitching for the current teams we have. I should say there's not enough good pitching. Competent pitching for the teams we currently have. I, I think the smartest move baseball could do, you guys kind of mentioned it a little bit, rather than expand, move, have Florida go to Montreal, put the A's somewhere else that you want a baseball market, although I'd love to see them stay in Oakland because I'm a traditionalist. But uh, Tampa, if Tampa doesn't want to move to actual Tampa where they could actually draw, move them somewhere else. It's The teams that don't draw, they I would move them to markets that could actually support a baseball team. That would be my idea. And, uh, Mitch, I know this is going to get you fired up. City Field's nice and in Citizen Bank Park. That's such I've a lie. I'm as biased as you are the other way, but I will tell you, the outfield's nicer, the big TV thing's nicer, the field, everything. It's just, like, they're both really nice parks, if I'm going to be fair. Um, just as a long-suffering Met fan, you got to give us that city feels better, okay? <laughs> I can't do that. I can't lie to my listeners, John. Is he still there? I am here. Okay. No, I, I can't lie to him. I, I'm sorry. Citizens Bank Park, it's so picturesque out in center field, the nice Philly skyline, man. I, I don't know, the whole the, the bell and all this stuff. No, the the one thing they got going for them that I really like is that you can see into the visiting team's bullpen. That's Bank cool. Park. It was Johan Santana versus... Some chubby guy on the mound for you guys was like kind of a like fourth, fifth starter, and it was the third game of a three-game set. You beat us two nothing. Phillies fans were having fun with us, but it was honestly they were pretty cool. We had a good time when we were down there. So. That's good to hear, you know. Oh, it was it was fun, dude. They were like breaking out brooms. They were like, hey, <laughs> get you an adult beverage. This has got to be tough. So yeah, it was it was fun. We had a really good time. Hey, drinking for free is always fun, right? Well, listen, you know, I had to drive, so there was no adult beverages. For okay. Me, but it was a, it was appreciated that they offered. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll buy you a soda or something. <laughs> All right, listen, you guys have an amazing rest of the show, and uh, let's go Mets. Talk All right, you. have a great night, John. Um, yeah. No, let's not go Mets. Uh, let's go Mets. Let's go Fightins. Um, I by the way, I don't know why I vividly remember that, but I went to that game that he was referencing. Uh, I believe in 2010. Wow, uh, at Citizens Bank. 
Um, I believe Joe Blanton was the starter for that game. Joe, Bl- how about Blanton going deep? <laughs> that's that's a good pitcher. I home believe run. he was the pitcher. Really, for that Joe game. Blanton? Look at that. Timeline would add up. He was a fill in 2010. He was 29. Yeah. Um, was he chubby? He is. He's built like Kyle Schwarber. Okay. All right. So he he does have a little build to him. Why does he kind of look like Kyle Schwarber? <laughs> Why does this guy actually? Why, was, <laughs> why, why does this guy actually kind of look like Kyle Schwarber? I don't know. It's that's kind of crazy. Well, he hit home runs like Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. My goodness, that's I need awesome. to find this game. Also, like all the things go into like the atmosphere of a ballpark. The Phillies' longtime PA announcer for like fifty years, Dan Baker, perfect voice for that ballpark. Now batting for the Phillies, number 10, J.T. Realmuto. He's such a great voice. I don't know who the Mets uh, have doing their PA, but not as good. I've heard Um, of him. It's a girl, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if they have a full-time PA. Mm. Like, sometimes it's a girl, sometimes it's a dude who does the Islanders PA, which is pretty cool. Oh, I have heard him, too, yeah. So I like it for Islanders games. Mets, he's all right. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I love? It's what? uh Lou. What's his name? The guy that does it for the Flyers. His first name's Lou. I can't think I of his, don't name, know. his last I'm name. Not well versed but in Flyers. The, uh, PA announcing. Lou Nolan. I don't know how I just pulled that out. What a pull! Wow, Lou Nolan. Um, when he does his uh, little um, you know the the trademark. The Flyers are going on the Pico power play. Awesome. And I, you know, and he comes out, you know, with like uh, Flyers goal scored by number twenty eight, Claude Giroux. He's such a booming voice. I you, love him. You know what you need to look up? Iconic Philadelphia public address announcer, the Sixers guy back in the day. No, when Julius Irving played, look him up. He was pretty cool. I'll pretty check funny. him out. Check him out. I can't stand the guy the Sixers have now. It's on YouTube. So back in the day when Irving was when Julius Irving was playing for them, he was he was pretty cool PA guy. But that's going to take us to our first break of hour number two. When we come back, we will shift our focus, talking about all things NHL. I'm sure Mitch wants to talk about his Flyers. Not really. Um, I'll talk about my Islanders. Uh, we'll discuss some of the power rankings, recap what's going around the league, and then we'll wrap up the show with some college basketball talk. Less than three weeks away from an official bracket. So much to talk about when we come back here on hour number two of Heavy Hitters. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown, Jack I'm Mitchell Smedley with you here on this Monday evening. We've talked a lot of baseball here on this show. A lot of reminiscing. I yes, like these shows. Of, these yeah, nice a lot of reminiscing. Shows. Not a whole lot going on outside of some quick hitters for spring training. So We knew this was coming. we got to find a way to This is the, the, uh, the dead zone. And, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of things that don't matter um, to anyone but me. Whoops. Um, almost hit the wrong button. Uh, the, um, the NASCAR race in Atlanta last night had the third closest finish ever. Point zero zero three seconds, uh, differentiated, uh, Daniel Suarez's victory. Exciting pack racing down at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, they've converted that to a, uh, a drafting track. Which, if you don't know, that's kind of like what they do in Daytona, or it is what they do in Daytona and Talladega, where all the cars are up to close together, and you, like it's all about bump drafting, and and it's much more interesting than normal racing. 
Um, so really tight finish there between three different cars coming to the start finish line at the same time. Really exciting stuff. Joey Logano got wrecked again. Maybe it's just not his year, but uh, he's had a fast car both uh, both races so far this season. Just can't stay out of the wrecks. You got a fast car, and now I want to take it to anywhere. All right, that was uh, that came out of nowhere. Well, good reference, by the way. Thank you. Were you going for Luke Combs or Tracy Chapman? Oh, uh, Luke, nice. So I think it's the superior version. Both are great. Both are great. I love Luke's voice, man. So this is not a country music show. That's Fridays at five. Redneck Rush Hour. Uh, where are we heading next? NHL? All right. Let's talk some hockey. All right. Flyers Super were a bad weekend. Uh, I want to go to the power rankings, man. Sure. Uh, let's talk about these 16 to 1. The NHL puts out a Super 16 rankings every couple of days or so. Uh, but these are the most recent ones. Devils were ranked at 16. They have a 28, 23, and 4 record sitting at 4th in the Metropolitan Division with 62 points. 5 back at Philadelphia for 3rd. And 2 right games now. in hand. Yes, two games in. Right now, if you're looking at the wild card, the Devils are on the outside looking in. Seven points back of the Lightning for that last spot. So the the, the race to catch these wild card teams, yes, it's kind of there, but it's not as close no. as we've seen in years past. It's going to be the Atlantic Division with both of them. Yeah, it's going to be five in the Atlantic and three from the Metro, yep. which is kind of disappointing, man. It's always fun when those Metro teams get in, just because of how bitter those rivalries are. Yeah, I feel like something we're blessed with intensity. in sports Something we're blessed with across sports where we grew up, Jack. I think the East has the best rivalries in like all sports. Yeah, and I if mean, you look at the people who support. I mean, the, the Northeast is a bitter kind of nuts. Yeah, like so. Uh, I think uh, if I'm not wrong, Colin Cowherd, the uh, TV personality on Fox, Ooh. he calls it the. Uh, I think it was what was his term? It was something like the jet stream of hate. <laughs> um, like for all the northern teams, right? Because it's cold and you're bitter. Going from like the Pacific Northwest a little bit, mainly through like the uh, the Midwest, like uh, Michigan and, and uh, Ohio and Illinois and those cities in there, uh, up through the Northeast, and it totally tracks. Totally tracks. Oh yeah, I mean Boston. Just, when you have Boston, New York, and, and Philadelphia all in like the same types of like yeah. divisions and playing each other constantly, it's going to get heated because all the people who live there just like you know love to get angry and, and are very. Yeah, it's argumentative. like our favorite thing in the world. Yeah, it's like you know. You see Delorier's and, fight this week? Yeah, dude. So <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's talk about Metro. Let's talk about fights because Matt Rempe, the Rangers call up, the big six foot seven forward, has sprung a lot of fights amongst his Metro division foes. Mm-hmm. Nick Delorier got into one. There are a lot of punches thrown there. A lot. Like that was like a minute long. Got into one with, uh, I believe, Matthew Olivier on the Blue Jackets. Olivier got some good shots landed on Rempe after the Blue Jackets took down the Rangers ended their, I believe, nine game winning streak the other night. Um, so Rempe has certainly gotten into his fair share of uh, He's tussles. coming in the next Domi. Yeah, he fought uh, fought Matt Martin in his NHL debut for the Stadium Series game against the Islanders. So three uh, fights against the Metro Division foes uh, between the Rangers. Uh, and he also laid a big hit on uh, Nate Bastion against the Devils. So this guy's been at the forefront of physicality and fights uh, against Metro Division opponents. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think it's so good for the for the game of hockey. That's, it is, man. People love fights. People like the fights. Keep them. Like, physicality. Like, instead of weeding physicality out of sports nowadays, they need to bring it back. I think the NFL needs to start doing the same thing, man. I love seeing people, like, you know, part of what makes all, a lot of these quarterbacks so good nowadays is they don't have to fear throwing over the middle of the field. Exactly. Like, what made Tom Brady so great in his day, like, you know, was... 
playing against the Ravens and guys like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, you did not throw the ball over the middle of the field unless you wanted to get your receivers absolutely demolished. There's a term hospital ball for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like they they call it a hospital pass for a reason. You throw it on the middle, you're going to get your guy killed. So it's like, man, oh man, physicality needs to come back in sports. It's entertaining, it's fun, and people like to watch it. Absolutely. You need to you need to find a balance. Yes, player safety it is very important, but the the full on movement to to go all in on player safety and weed any sort of physicality, whether it's legal or not out of the game, it's bad for sports. It is a bad thing that is happening, uh, and I think it, it needs to get remedied rather quickly. Like, who doesn't want to see Chase Utley going in hard at second? That was a dirty play. That, that that's, that's the dirty stuff I'm talking about. That <laughs> needs to get out of the game. Oh, my Chase Utley. Chase Utley. Certified loser. Nope. Probably so, my least favorite player of all time. The next day, right after that, was when um, Thor, what's his name? Uh, Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard. That's when he threw behind the guy yes. and got thrown out. Yep. Yeah. You gotta give us a shot! I love that. Yeah, Terry Collins <laughs> flying off the handle. <laughs> you gotta give us a shot! Dude, the um, Terry! Terry, talk to me! Talk to me! <laughs> and I can't repeat what the umpire said. Yeah, it's in the in, jackpot. Yeah, our bleeps are in the jackpot here, Terry. Because our, our bleeps are in the jackpot now. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, my goodness. Well, talk to me. You can talk to me about that. <laughs> what an exchange. Man, I was so glad we beat the Dodgers in that series. MLB did nothing to that guy. Well, Terry, I can't control that. <laughs> oh, my god. I love how calm Noah Syndergaard... I just wanted to throw my fastball. <laughs> <laughs> Complete lie. We all know what he was doing there. Just, dude, he says it like so what? I just Whoa, wanted to throw my fastball. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew you were going to say that. You're done. <laughs> the umpire. That's just having... not the time to do it, you know? <laughs> the umpire is having none of it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I love when the ump sees Terry like losing his mind. He's like, take him. Take him. <laughs> He's like, Terry, told, you gotta give us a shot, Tommy. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. I love when he's walking Terry back to the dugout. He's like, you good? Did you get everything out? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Bill Burr thing to say. <laughs> Did you get everything out? <laughs> agree. I, I, I mean, I agree with what I just got a text message about. Oh, man. So. What is it? From an anonymous source, Utley was a disgrace and a dirty player. 100% agree with that. No. Disagree. So. He's an ambassador of the game. No, no, he is not an ambassador of the game. Jimmy Rollins is an ambassador of the game. I don't hate Jimmy Rollins. I hate Chase Utley. Dude, Chase Utley's like uh, on the front lines making this work in London. Good for him. Yeah, it is. Good for the sport. Good. Stay over in London, <laughs> you Brit. He's not a Brit. Yeah, I know. Oh, my but. goodness. Dude, when he went to the Dodgers, I was so sad. So Love Chase Utley. Yeah. That makes one of us. All right, let's keep rolling through these power rankings. Yeah, I want to discuss. A side I want to. I want to discuss some college hoops. A lot to talk about. I'm excited for that. We're sure. going to see a lot of things ironing out. We are a week. By the way, quick point before we get back to NHL, Mitch. We are a week away from conference tournament starting. We are right on the cusp of March Madness. I know it doesn't. You know, doesn't excite, tickle my fancy. I was going to say that it doesn't tickle your fancy as much as it does mine. But um, welcome back to House Fancy. <laughs> Has been canceled. Has been. <laughs> Dodger second baseman Chase Utley has been canceled. I love the sound of mine. Like, <laughs> like the buzzer, like the angry buzzer sound. So oh, yeah. I haven't made the coffee yet. <laughs> love that secret. Where is my fab and fancy? <laughs> You're what? 
Um, I don't have a guitar. Anyways. All righty. Let's keep moving on. Devils coming in at 16. Let's talk about number 15. The Philadelphia Flyers. That's accurate. Dropping three spots from last week. As, as they should. They've been struggling. Yes, they have. They, I think they need to add a backup goalie. Sam Arison has not He's, uh, yeah. taken the... Well, they need to add a, a frontline goalie. Sam Arison has to be the backup. Yeah. That's but, when he's comfortable. He doesn't... Me and Josh were talking about this. He looks... Shell shocked. He looks like he's over uh, over committing to things now. He, yeah, he's totally overwhelmed. Yeah. So, um, I, the problem is you're not going to be able to get that at the deadline. No, and they shouldn't. They should not be buying at the deadline. So. They they got to sell some pieces off. Yeah. Maybe maybe you draft a goalie. Who knows? So it is. It look. It's still a rebuild year. It's just weird that they're in a playoff position. Right yeah. Now. Exactly. So we'll see what they do. Interesting spot at the deadline for Philadelphia. 15, 14, Tampa Bay. Uh, they lost Mikhail Sergachev for the season, so we'll see. I expect them to be very active on the defensive market come the trade deadline. Maybe they look to a team like Philadelphia about a Sean Walker or yeah. Nick Sealer type. Take maybe Sean Nashville. Walker. Take them both. Maybe Nashville for a Tyson Berry guy. Uh, but they got to find someone to fill in that spot for Sergachev if this team realistically wants to go in a deep playoff run. Uh, and you know, compete for another cup as they have a large portion of their core still in place uh, down in Tampa Bay. 13, the Red Wings. Um, Detroit, interesting assortment of talent here. I mean, you have Larkin, Debrinkit, Patrick Kane, who had a storybook ending to his return to Chicago the other night, scoring the overtime winner on a feed from another former Blackhawk, Alex Debrinkit. Um, But Detroit, look, I am not going all in on buying here. You, you're Having the building blocks come into place here, if you're Steve Eiserman as their GM, this is a group who is. I'd make some minor additions at the deadline. It's a lot like the Flyers. Yeah, I would. I would. I would stand pat and make some minor additions if I'm the Red Wings. I would not do a whole heck of a lot to sacrifice what you're building for the years to come. Um, so if I'm Detroit, don't tinker with too much. Uh, if the right spot comes up to make a trade, I would go for it. Twelfth, the LA Kings. Um, they have been flying up the boards. Uh, they were unranked in last week's rankings. They jump all the way up to twelve, coming in at twenty-eight, sixteen, and ten. Uh, does LA? If you look at the West, they are the top wild card, wild card spot, sixty-eight points. Nashville on their tail, two points back, but the Kings have three games in hand. Wow! Uh, so they are in a good situation there for LA. Um. Well, they're going to be looking for, again, I'd be patient. I'd see if this stretch of winning continues to you know, iron itself out as it gets closer and closer to the deadline. This is a group that immensely struggled to start the season, and they're not a West Coast power. I mean, you have teams like Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, Colorado. I mean, it's not like if you go all in and buy at the deadline, you're going to separate yourselves in the pack here uh, and be the front runner to get out of the Western Conference. If I'm the Kings, I would probably lean towards standing pat or making some minor additions uh, to further bolster up your roster and make sure you're competitive uh, years going forward. Totally agree with that. Totally agree. Um, there's just too there's too much of a consolidation of power in the West. Yes. Back to the East with number eleven, Toronto, thirty one sixteen and eight. They are top three in the Atlantic, I believe. Yes, they are. They yes. are third, um, trailing Florida by six points. I think it's you know this is Boston and Florida's division, you know to, to tango four. I don't think the Leafs are gonna be able to get themselves vaulted up towards the top. Uh, definitely need some help defensively. That's what the main theme of this Leafs group has been for years now. Um, really great up front with their top six, but defensively in, in their bottom six forwards, things start to get a little bit hairy and shaky. Uh, they need some help on the back end. Going to number 10, the reigning cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I'd be looking to add some forwards there for their bottom six group, uh, add to the depth that they have. Um, you know, They'll be stronger when Jack Eichel returns. Um, but you know they also need guys like William Carrier and Pavel uh, Deforiev to return. Really hope I said that right. 
um, to come back as well. So the Knights are a little bit banged up. Uh, but, yeah, I think if they can get a little bit more depth, they might have the goods to go on another deep run in the playoffs and maybe snag back-to-back Stanley Cups. Yeah, 10's a weird spot. I, I think that's a little low. Yeah. Carolina Hurricanes coming in at number 9. I'd be looking to add some forward for them. Forward, forward for them, man. They need it. They are so strong defensively. Uh, and Freddie Anderson uh, is going to be coming back. Uh, with with a blood clotting issue, glad to see that he's getting better yeah, with that. That yeah. always sounds serious. So the goaltending situation should be, uh, you know, solidified and have a little bit, you know, more confidence in that for Carolina. But man, oh man, they need some more scoring for them. That's really what was the problem in the conference finals last year when the Panthers dominated them, sweeping them out of that series. They lacked any sorts of offensive pulse. They need some forwards if they want to go on a deep run uh, to bolster up their forward depth. Totally agree. All right, number eight, the Winnipeg Jets, 34-15-5. Winnipeg, I don't know. I don't know for them. Again, I think they're in the same spot as the Kings. You know, I don't think they're a legitimate cup contender. They're having a really good year, and they got off to that super hot start. They've tapered off a little bit, but I don't know if this team should go all in. I think they should play it cautiously, just like the Kings should. Yeah, it's again, it's hard in out west, and so um, many good teams. Yeah, there's just a lot, but I mean, hey, you never you know. Could be that team if you things break right. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it might be depending on playoff a, matchups and yep. stuff like that. You never know. It's going to be, I think, a sort of bloodbath style you know, out there with how many quality teams are just beating each other. It's up. going to be an interesting playoff. Whoever gets out of there is going to do a gladiator style getting to the cup. Yeah, um, will certainly be battle tested for whoever they would meet in the East. Uh, but that is going to take us to our final break. When we come back, we will finish rattling through the Super 16 power rankings uh, and then move on to some college basketball talk to round out the show here on Heavy Hitters. Welcome back in, Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim. Final segment of today's show. It's heavy hitters, of course, on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Great to be with you on this Monday evening, final Monday of brutal February. Great to be uh, putting that month in the rear view. Nice weather today, though, I must say. Oh, dude, not nice. Like, it was relatively... For this time of year. For this time of year, it was great. Yeah. So the thing about it is, like... You know, it was like 55, 56 degrees, but the sun, like you've felt it for the last few days. Like it was uh, like 30 degrees when we had to go do this like community service thing over the weekend, cleaning up the city. But uh, the sun, you can tell it's in a new phase and you can tell the season is shifting. That sun is nice and warm when it's out. Um, my kind of, my kind of, you know, weather developing here. Not, not fully here yet. I need it up around 70 before I'm really happy. But, uh, you know, 65 I'll settle for with some sunshine. 65 and cloudy is a little chilly, but 65 and sunny, mm, give it to me. Got to unzip the jacket today, walking to and from class. Really, really nice. So, um, NHL, we're going to run through the rest of these power rankings real quick. And then, Jack, you're going to give us our men's college hoops rundown. Oh, yeah. You better believe it, brother. Lots to talk about there. But... By the way, did Kay- uh, Caitlin Clark beat that uh, scoring record yet? Yes. Yeah, of, she uh, did. Pete. Of um, Pistol Pete. Oh, of Pete Maravich? Not, yeah. not yet. I know she broke the women's record. No, that uh, yeah, I think she's on, on her way to beating Pistol Pete's record. Yeah, well, so. I will look that up and track that. But she beat Kelsey Plum, who went to Washington's record, now plays for the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Aren't they uh, the, the champs? Uh, yeah, they never went back-to-back. Yeah. So, 
pretty dominant there. Asia Wilson uh, and Kelsey Plum, two big parts of the Aces. Not a huge WA fan, but I just WNBA fan. I just know where some of the bigger uh, not, players not are. Not many people are. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I don't lie. I'm sorry. No, I know. I know. It is what it is. Uh, this is coming from a NASCAR fan, right? There's not many of those, <laughs> especially in this part of the country. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's look at number seven, the Edmonton Oilers. This group got off to a super rocky start, but they rattled off a 16-game win streak to absolutely surge and propel themselves into the top three of the Pacific Division standings. 33-18-2 as it currently stands. Um, If I'm Edmonton, as we're nearing the trade deadline, look, I think you need another top six forward. A potential veteran presence on the back end would certainly help them uh, bolster up themselves uh, to get in line for a long playoff run. You know, this group lost in the second round last year to the eventual cup champion Golden Knights. Uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreitzel, and company looking to avoid uh, similar fate this year. This group's right in the midst of a championship window, uh, and they want to cash in one of these years. It could be the year uh, if they go and make some solid moves at the deadline. Totally agree. Bring us number six. Number six, Dallas Stars. They dropped a couple spots from last week. They were number four, now at number six. Uh, more blue line depth would absolutely help this team. Um, the Stars have had no issues lighting up the lamp this year. Uh, so I would not really look to upgrade on, on offense. Uh, but, man, three, just over three goals allowed per game this season. Not been, getting it done. Yeah, it's been a decrease. Uh, they were at 2.6 last year. It's technically um, an so, increase. Yes, but. Decrease in efficiency. That's enough. <laughs> Don't have enough of this. What? Um, you you, you want to do this right now? Did you get everything out? <laughs> Talk to me! Talk to me, Jack! Uh, the Stars, yeah, the Stars are in a spot, man. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year. This is a group who has a chance to get back to the Cup Final for the first time since one of the bubble years, since the bubble year in 2020 where they lost to Tampa. Um, I forgot yeah, they were in it that year. Yeah, they lost uh, fairly quickly, I believe in uh, six games, five or six games. It's not that quick. Six games. Uh, yeah, sure. No, Canadians lost in five games. They were able to take one, so that was pretty quick. To the Flyers. Lost in six games. Um... Dude, you remember that when uh, Flyers beat the Canadians in five? And um, after Nate Suzuki, I forget who he tapped on the head when he scored a goal or something. So we beat them, the final horn sounds. And then, uh, oh, who was it? It was one of our big guys. Goes over and just starts patting his helmet. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> so funny. So funny. That is Nate funny. Suzuki, what a loser. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, Stars, I think they need to upgrade, um, you know, Depth in the back end. Not going to be cheap, but I think if they want to get a cup, it's something they should look to invest in. Sure. Number five, Colorado moved up a spot from last week. Uh, I'd be looking at some goaltending options for them and some depth up front. This is a group who has a lot of star power. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen on the back end. You have, of course, Kale McCarr. Um, This is an uber-talented group that won the cup just a few short years ago. Uh, taking down the Tampa Bay Lightning, preventing them from three-peating. three-peating. Uh, but Colorado, again, they just need to tie up the depth parts of this roster uh, to gear themselves up for a long playoff run. Number four, the Boston Bruins. Disappointing last year. They lost in the first round of the playoffs after a miraculous regular season. Um, I'd be targeting some defense. A guy like Noah Hannafin from Calgary could be a big-time piece for the Bruins to get. Um, you know, Surprised the Bruins guy. are still this high. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, everyone thought they'd fall off after Bergeron called it quits and retired, but they're still right in it, man. Yeah, it's incredible what you know organizational success and sustainability that they've had. Uh, but a guy like Noah Hannafin could do wonders for them defensively um, and try to bolster themselves up to try to get a Stanley Cup. 
Yes, sir. Number three, the New York Rangers. They've surged. Uh, they had a 10-game win streak. Got it snapped by Columbus. Uh, but <laughs> of all teams. Of all teams, it was the Blue Jackets, 4-2. <laughs> to two. That's amazing. I forgot about that game. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, for the Rangers right now, man, they've been so inconsistent. Such an up-and-down group. Um, I think they need a little bit more experience on the back end. Um, Forward-wise, I think they're really solid. But defense, specifically maybe a guy in the top four can do wonders for them. Number two, the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, what a season they've had. Um, they've already went out and made a big move by getting uh, Elias, Elias Lindholm and Nikita Zadorov um, through trades in season. For them, I, I maybe a little bit more depth defensively as they've already added Zadorov. Uh, currently don't have Carson Soucy. Uh, and, you know, one possible injury away from having some issues on the back end. So maybe look to upgrade that if I'm in Vancouver. But this is a really good team in a really good spot. And at number one, the Florida Panthers. Um, I'm all smiles down in the uh, Sunshine State right now for Florida. This team went to the Cup last year uh, and got dismissed by the Golden Knights rather quickly. But, man, this group's still really good. Sam Reinhardt's having an incredible year. You know, of course, Matt Kachuk, Alexander Barkov, this group's still immensely talented. Uh, if I'm them, I'd be maybe looking at some depth pieces uh, to just round things out, but they don't really, I don't think really need to do a whole lot. They are a really solid group, uh, our Florida. Yeah, very good group. Caught Boston in the East, uh, or I guess in the Atlantic, technically. But uh, yeah, I like what they're doing down in Florida, man. They've been good for a few years now. All right, I got a message from the KR Notebook first, and then we'll round out the show with some college basketball talk. Mitch, y'all talk about your big sky. I know you love the big sky. Hey, got to love the big sky. A little bit switch up there with the automatic bid projection going into the NCAA tournament as of today. Uh, But I'll tell you that in just one second here. A lot of notebooks to sift through. I'm trying to find one that is most applicable to a recent event uh, or an upcoming event. Man, oh, man. You could just pick one. I could. I could. <laughs> Buddy's right, devoted. You know, Buddy's devoted. One. Oh, I found this you. one. Um, it's just a general one. I couldn't find any ones that are you hmm. know, not over a month out. That's so. okay. Attention, community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events forward slash remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Okay, rounding out the show, college basketball talk. Like I mentioned earlier on, one week away from the start of conference tournaments, the Atlantic Sun kicks us off uh, a week from tonight, Monday, March 4th, with the first round of their tournament happening. So excited for that. I'm going to run you quickly through some of the bigger games from over the weekend and then talk about the bracket as it currently stands. So, top 15 showdown in Waco, Houston, and Baylor. Cougars of Houston outlast them in extra time. Showdown in Waco. There's something you never heard before. 82-76 in overtime. Man, the defensive intensity of of Houston and the ability of having a guard who can take over the game of Jamal Shedd uh, is truly incredible. Makes Houston so tough to beat, led by head coach Kelvin Sampson. Houston went up into the half by 16, but great recovery by Baylor to get this game to overtime. A second-half surge. Uh, the Bears just unable to do enough to get a win. Uh, Jacoby Walter led the way with them for tw- uh, with 25 points. Down to the SEC, Tennessee makes a statement at home, throttling Texas A&M 86-51. Volunteers can do some serious damage come the NCAA tournament, led by none other than their star player, Dawson Connect. Uh, Dalton Connect, excuse me, the Northern Colorado transfer coming from the Big Sky, Mitchie. Oh, yeah. Dalton oh, Connect. yeah. 
See? to Tennessee. They can uh, they can manufacture some talent there. From northern Colorado to Rocky Top, he is making a big time impact for these. But he loves the mountains this year. So, <laughs> uh, but this could be the first squad that gets to a Final Four in volunteer program history. Really, I think this could be the group to do it. A lot of the pieces from last year's team uh, and adding a scoring presence like Dalton Connect is truly incredible. I am very high on this volunteers group. Wake Forest picks up a huge win at home against Duke, eighty three seventy nine. Hunter Salas led the way with twenty nine points. Court storming controversy, though. Duke's Kyle Oh, Filipowski this was crazy. Injured his knee uh, as Wake Forest students were rushing out onto the floor. Hopefully he can be available in the Blue Devils' next game. Mitch, the question begs, should court storming and field rushing in collegiate sports be banned? No. No? No, freak accident. Um, I would not say it's a freak accident, but it, it's not a, It's not a common thing. No, it's not. And uh, I think players should do a better job of getting off the court or field um, when that's happening. Yeah. Also, didn't help that Wake Forest students rushed the floor before the game officially ended. And that's the problem, though. Yeah. That's where I was going to say, you, you can't have that. You know, so. you can't have the band coming out on the field. <laughs> exactly. The band is out on the field! Shades of Stanford and Cal. He's going to go into the end zone! But, and instead of the tuba player, now it's an actual athlete getting yeah. out. So. Um, yeah, hope Filipowski's okay. I agree, all that stuff should not be banned. It just needs to get better under control. You need to make sure what happens is you have to implement a rule that... The away team is fully off the floor before these these students can start rushing the court. Totally agree. As soon as the clock hits zero, the memo is of the away team get off the floor immediately. You know, no handshakes, nothing like that. If, if you're in a situation where you get upset on the road as a top team, as soon as that clock hits triple zeros, you're rushing off the floor to the locker room right yes. away, right away, because it, it needs to prevent <clears> injuries. <throat> you know, there needs to be a balance. These students need to enjoy the ability, you know, the the experience that their team just won a big time game at their home building and to be able to celebrate it. You know, as a school and unite as a university to, to celebrate a big moment like that. But yes. on the other hand, the safety of these student athletes needs to be, you know, prioritized as well. Even if it's not an NCAA official rule, coaches got to better do a better job of uh, getting yes. them off the court. Yes. And you can't have student uh, players, excuse me, fans rushing on the on the court before the game. No, that can't answer. happen. Cannot happen under any circumstances at all. Um, all right. One more one to recap. Kentucky routes Alabama 117-95 in a shootout in Rupp Arena. Wildcats shot 63% from the field and 54% from downtown. Big-time win for Kentucky. A couple of big ones at Auburn and home against Alabama, bolstering their resume. That looks a little bit shaky in early February, but it looks like they've got things back under control. Um, All right, that's all I got for weekend talk. Let's talk about the bracket as it currently stands. Big Sky, we've got a new team taking control of first place. Mitchie Eastern Washington. The Eagles back in front in a back-and-forth conference. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! So... That's my team, Jim. Yeah. How about so Eastern Washington is they're going to win team. the NBA, uh, not the, NBA, the Big Sky <laughs> Tournament, and get to the gonna NCAA win the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're going to they're going to win it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they're going to be the new St. Peter's. <laughs> they're going to be the Let next me look at the Big blue Sky blood. standings for you. Yeah. See if there's any controversy. Uh, I think there's three to four teams who could win this bid. Eastern Washington is leading it right now, but Northern Colorado, Montana, and Weber State are all in there. Um, could you imagine these uh, students and athletes in the Big Sky if they only knew that we focused on them so much? That'd be crazy. <laughs> so, uh, there's your Big Sky update. The for Big you. Sky. That's just a funny name. Yeah. Um, like, I'm gonna you use know, a... the sky isn't any bigger than it is over here. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jumping jellyfish. That's a Big Sky. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some conference tournaments to look out for as we're nearing conference championship. Whoa! Look week. out. Um, the American, a lot of teams who can compete there. FAU, USF, SMU, even Memphis is a dark horse option still there. 
Uh, and can't forget Charlotte as well. The 49ers having a really, really good year. The 49ers? Yep. <laughs> That's... That so, is not right. <laughs> you and the uh, UNC Charlotte 49ers. That's funny. So, um, American, that's going to be a fun one to look out for. Of course, the major conference tournaments as well. Big South, two teams who could vie for that bid. High point in UNC Asheville. Um, hey. The Big West, interesting conference. Um, a lot of solid teams out there. You see Irvine, you see San Diego. Um, no, I don't. You know, mid majors as, as well. You look at the Big West. What's up? You said UC San Diego. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, dude. Oh, he's got, like, totally gnarly uh, jokes. The Coastal. What a conference that is. There's, I think, five or six teams who get that bid. Charleston leads the way right now. But UNCW, Hofstra, Drexel, and Towson, all very capable of getting that bid there. That's going to be a fun conference tournament to keep your eye on. Um, as I keep going down my list here, um, the Horizon League and the probably, you know, Broadcast is a 15, maybe a 16 seed, so we'll see how that goes. Um, not too crazy. Um, the Mountain West, of course, they have six teams who can get to the NCAA tournament, so that should be an interesting one to look out for as well. Um, yeah, and then just real quick, quick hitters in the top seed lines. Purdue, North Carolina, Houston, UConn, three of the same, but North Carolina jumps back up to a one seed, uh, leapfrogging Arizona. Um yeah, I like Tennessee and Arizona along the two line, three line. I love, I love Iowa State. Um, uh, they're an interesting blend of offensive and defensive talent, led by T.J. Otzelberger, their head coach. Um, and the four line, if I'm looking really quickly, um, Auburn and San Diego State can't discount the Aztecs for the run last year. But yep, that is going to do it. it here for today's show, heavy hitters. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Spring Training Tidbits. Um, NHL talk, reminiscing about our favorite baseball yep. memories in college basketball. If you missed uh, part of the show and want to tune back in, you can catch the full thing on Spotify by searching Kutztown University Radio. We might have a new time on Friday, so check our Instagram uh, yes. to make sure. So just for this we one post week, about though. that. Yeah, just because of our con- conference coming up. But until some point on Friday, uh, we will talk to you then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't go anywhere here on KUR.